Rookie Thievers. Rookie Player Profile Edition. Welcome back to Rookie Fever, another Rookie Fever Player Profile. I am here with the Gridiron Scholar, John Lobb. How the heck are you? I'm so happy, dude. It is draft season. This is my favorite time of the year. The college football season ended. We're in the NFL playoffs. And for the last about three and a half weeks, I have been studying the prospects, getting ready for the senior bowl and the upcoming draft. So this is really my time to shine and now get a chance to talk about these great young players who will impact the NFL. Yeah, and I, I feel like, and I know you know what you're doing, and you, you know how you're grinding, but I feel like that's not true because I feel like you do this all the time, and like I, I have a hard time believing you're starting something that I don't feel like you're ever finished with. You're so on top of this all the time. You're always like showing me videos. You're you've always got posts. I think you've I think you've been doing this a long time. You're like the sneaky little stealth you're like the fantasy ninja (laughs) well you know it's (laughs) ironic that you said that because it's my 10th year doing the player profiles on football diehards wow Um, i'm really yeah i'm really excited about the anniversary it's my um fourth year working with matt hicks on the rookie big board when we do the video version of our files you know matt and i both break down the players yeah from different perspectives so I will say I have a system now. So it, it's funny. I was just actually thinking about the other day, like where I started 10 years ago. I feel like looking back, I was lost in the woods, but I was just determined to do it. So I did it. And now that I have a system and I have deadlines and I have like, I know what I need done by certain dates. It is so much better. And I think my analysis and my ability to um, analyzed players have improved so much because I'm a, I'm a teacher and the first thing you learn is how to reflect. So while I've been doing this for the ta- past 10 years, I have also been reflecting and trying to improve my method and I've been able to do that. So I'm, I really feel like I'm in a good position where, you know, looking back, I'm, I was a babe in the woods. I just love football. I had spent a lifetime studying players, but to put it on paper and then be able to have numbers or, rankings and look back you're like oh i missed on that guy i gotta get it right you know and and when you're yeah when you're putting it on paper you really want to help the readers and you can you know if you're honest with yourself okay what did i miss what did i do wrong how do i have to do it better yeah I'm glad you mentioned your work as well, because I was going to get to that, but you explained it so much better than, than I would have at some point. I, I just, I always fumble up on, but that's, he's got the work over at the FF diehards. And then, like he said, over at the rookie big board and crushing it year round. Don't let John fool you. <laughs> what we are doing here today. However, as the Rookie Fever play, player profiles, like I mentioned, we let our guests pick who they want to talk about. And I think that that's always kind of added a little bit of magic to the show. We're going to be, we're going to have a lot more on for you. John's kicking it off. John, who did you choose to talk about and why? I chose Zach Charbonnet of UCLA, the running back of the Bruins. And I will have to give credit to my partner, Matt Hicks. He was on him about a year and a half ago. And I had liked Charbonnet. 
But, you know, he was in the bottom half of the top ten. But the more I watched him this year, the more I broke him down from Thanksgiving to Christmas. And then when I plugged his numbers into my running back model, I was like, oh, my God, this guy is so underrated. And I'm going to give an inside glimpse. And it could change from now until the draft. And draft capital always matters. But as of today, Zach Charbonnet is my running back, too, in this class. I am, I am in love. I think he's being underrated by the fantasy and the dynasty community. You know, I'm a sizist. Yes, <laughs> I was going like, to get, I wanted to get there. Yeah. I'm a sizist in my running backs. Now, obviously, I'm not a fool. You have to be a good runner also. But when all things are equal, and we'll talk about his size and speed combo later. I'm going to go with the bigger back, my friend. And the numbers prove it, Swags. That 200 to 215-pound running back, and then you probably get up to the 225 range, it matters. It just matters. I mean, I know it's terrible to say, but size matters for running backs at the NFL level. And this young man, when I watched him this year, Swags, he impressed the living crap out of me. When I broke down the film, I was, you know, because I go back. Like, I I take live notes. I watch players during the games. And then when I go down, and I want to make sure what I saw in game action is the exact same when I review the tape, right? Because when the game's going on, you might miss things, and I don't get to stop and rewind. So I want to, I want to make sure they're the same, and what did I miss or what did I overrate? And when I went back and saw him, I'm like, okay, he's the real deal. He improved. He's my guy, number two swags. Let's get into it, my man. Yeah. So you mentioned about two twenty six one. Other th- other than the size, what does he do well that you think is going to instantly make him successful in the NFL? And instant's a huge word. I, I don't I don't know if I believe in that for any rookie. <laughs> so let's go back and look at this young man's background first. All right, swags. Then we can get down into some other because I do like to look at the totality of the player. Their history, and I'm not a big high school guy, but the rankings matter. What did they do in college? What have they done on the field? To me, that all is part of the process of learning who this young man's going to be. He was a four-star recruit in the state of California. So you're talking about a young man who had a lot of high school recruiting capital. He is the number 26 player in the country when he was a senior coming out swags he was a number three running back and he was the number four player in all of california by 24 7 sports so i had heard a lot about this young man because i hear about all the top 10 players you know i don't watch a ton of high school film but you know the rankings you hear about the players for college fantasy football i want to go in with a decent idea of who they are right he plays in the 2019 under armor all american game Matt, I'm sorry, Matt. I'm so used to Matt Swag. <laughs> he finished. He, I, I apologize for that. I work with Matt so much, it just slipped with the tongue. He finished with 577 carries in high school, 4,741 yards, and 62 touchdowns. He ends up enrolling at Michigan in your backyard, Swag. I was excited because we know what Harbaugh is going to do with their offense, right? The Wolverines are going to run the football. As a true freshman, 
He had 149 carries for 726 yards. That's a 4.9 pop, my friend. So if you're looking for a young breakout guy, Zach Charbonnet was it right away. And he had 11 touchdowns. He started 7 of 13 games. So we're talking about a young man who moved from California to Michigan. I'm an educator. Moving across country like that, and, you know, from sunny California to the cold Michigan, that's yeah. a tough chore. And you're going to class, what classes and all that, that's a different story for a different day. But he is in a completely new environment, literally and figuratively, and he's on a new campus. So that's incredible for a true freshman to do that. Now, something happened in 2020. There's different stories. I'm not going to get here and gossip, and I'm not going to tell you I studied all of the field stuff. What we do know, he only had 19 attempts for 124 yards and a touchdown. He only played five games. Remember the Big Ten started late with COVID and all of that. So he had a down season. There's all different things. Why was he not on the field? What does Harbaugh not like about him? You know, but he didn't work. Then Charbonnet made a business decision. And let's be honest now, when you're at the top of the college scene, and you're one of these young men, he's looking at a professional career, right? Yeah. Is he going to get the opportunity at Michigan? He had a son Haskins there. I don't know if he knew Blake Corum was as good as he was going to be, but Blake Corum was in the locker room. There were other players in the in that locker room. Something happened. Either Harbaugh didn't like his running style, his style didn't fit for Harbaugh's offense, there was some off-the-field concerns. Maybe he didn't like the injury Charbonneau had. We know coaches can be fickle, right? Harbaugh's an old-school coach. He doesn't want to hear about a hamstring or a groin pull. You get these old Bill Parcells. Get on that field, man. So who knows what happened? Well, Charbonneau makes a smart decision. He goes to UCLA, which I found fascinating at the time. Because if you studied Chip Kelly, the Bruins coach, he liked the small, speedy, home run hitters. Remember, everyone, he was in Oregon. And Oregon had a lot of these running backs who were so impressive from a speed standpoint. And I think a lot of us, myself included, fell in love with this Ducks offense. Remember Marcus Mariota out there? But you know what, Swag's looking back? None of his running backs made it into the NFL. They got drafted. They had a little bit of opportunity, a wee bit, but none of them became like NFL fantasy studs. Why was that? They were undersized, but they were fast, impressive backs. So all of a sudden, it's like, why is Chip Kelly bringing in this 220-pound, six-foot-one monster? I mean, I know he's talented, but does the young man fit the Bruins program and Chip Kelly's running game? Because it looked like a square peg in a round head. But man, Zach Charbonnet blew me away with his two seasons at UCLA. 2021, he appeared in all 12 games and he started the last nine for the Bruins. In the system, Chip Kelly tweaked it a little bit. And Chip Kelly, I think, he used Charbonnet's skill set much better than Harbaugh did at Michigan. He had 203 carries for 1,137 yards and 13 touchdowns. He ended the regular season leading all Pac-12 rushers with 700-yard games. 
And he, he was number three in all-purpose yards. And this is going to be a big importance coming down the road. He averaged 11, uh, 111.7 yards per game all-purpose. He was selected to the first team all-Pac-12 squad by PFF. Now, some people, myself included, thought he might go to the NFL because he had an impressive season. He must have got back from remember how you can apply to the draft. They only tell young men who are first and second round picks. So Charbonnet must have got, I'm assuming, right? But he probably got a, a grade that was below. I don't think they tell him we graded you as fourth. They just say, mm-hmm. you're not first or second, right? So he gets his grade and they say, you know what? You're not a first or second round pick right now, young man. So what does he do? He goes back to UCLA. He made a good business decision. Now, that scares off some people. Okay, so he's not Barry Sanders, Emmett Smith meeting the NFL. There's lots of way. Look at Ramadre Stevenson, Juco College, Oklahoma, right? He made it in the NFL for the Pack. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot. Of Rashad White, two years at Juco. Then he goes to Arizona State. There's a lot of ways to make it to the NFL. Stop saying you have to be Jonathan Taylor and be a superstar for three years. There's only so many Jonathan Taylors in this world, my friend. Right. Charbonnet goes back. You know what, Swags? He was even better. He was better this year. He appeared and started all 10 games. Now, he did not play Alabama State or Arizona State, was a little injured. And one of the games is surprising because he hurt us in college fantasy football playoffs because they never said he wasn't going to play, and then he didn't play. Then he decides to get out of the bowl game, which is a business decision. There was no reason for that young man to play in a bowl game. These numbers are fantastic. 1,359 yards rushing on 195 carries. He had less carries, 14 touchdowns, and he averaged seven yards per carry this year, Swags. Seven. That is incredible. I don't care what level of competition. At the end of the day, that's a power five conference averaging seven yards a carry. He led the nation in all-purpose yards last year, dude. 168. He went from 111 to 168. He topped the Pac-12 in rushing yards per game at 135. He was only the second Bruin to rush for at least 150 yards in three straight games. He was named first-team All-Pac-12, second-team All-American, semifinalist for the Doak Walker Award, and the Walter Camp Player of the Year Award. Here's why Zarbonet is special. He ended his career with 75 receptions for 589 yards, averaging nearly eight yards a catch. I put him in my model swags. He hit all five of my key benchmarks. Yards per carry, he exceeded the number. Highest scrimmage yards in a season, he exceeded the number. Scrimmage yards dominator, he exceeded the number. Career rushing, 3,346 at two different schools and 75 career receptions. Swags, my model likes him. I love the film breakdown, and you already mentioned it. He's a big boy at 6'1", 220, and I'm a sizist. Give me the big player who can pack a punch. He's he's the real deal, Swags. Yeah, I'm liking it. So you mentioned... 2021 a little bit and how he he didn't quite like his grade and he goes back to school 
So now the question is, how much do you feel like the NFL likes him and that model that he's built? And what kind of draft capital do you think that he will bring in the 2022 draft? Do you think that he gets that second round, second round? Because even some of our favorite running backs, we don't see go in the first round. Yeah, I don't think he's a first. I have a second round grade on him. I would not be surprised if he gets drafted in the second round. But we know the running back position is so deep and teams are devaluing the position, right? He mm-hmm. could go in the third round. I mean, I think a team's going to fall in love with him and they're going to push him up their draft boards. And Swags, I think the NFL scouting industrial complex is going to like Zach Charbonnet more than the Twitterverse. Because here's the reality. Mm, there you go. If you are around football players – And if you're a coach and you watch the games all the time, size matters. You can't coach size. There's nothing you can do. The NFL is probably going to like him more than the Twitterverse. Maybe a rookie fever value. You know, because they're not going – they're going to watch the film. I love it, but I'm a football guy. And obviously there's some holes in his film. Every play – unless – you know, who's a – Saquon Barkley, you know, Jonathan Taylor. There's very few players with few holes in the film. Zach Charbonnet, though, you've got to watch him at Michigan. Watch some film from Michigan. Watch film from the last two years at UCLA. Well, now, what- let's stay here, though, really quick, if you don't mind. Let me let yeah. me capture this. What are those holes? Like, what are your questions and concerns for Charbonnet going into the NFL? Like, if you were to see them while you've been studying the tape. So the first thing, I think we're going to get some criticism, and I don't necessarily agree, but, oh, he's an upright runner. He exposes himself to more hits. Forget, we're not looking at running backs for five years, swags anymore. The NFL is churning these guys in and out of the league faster than you can imagine. If I get three or four years out of a fantasy running back, and anyone, you don't believe me? Look at your dynasty roster from 2019. And what running backs you have on it now – and I guarantee you don't have very many of the same running backs. If you so, have them, you wish you got rid of them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean, we know they turn them out. So run upright running does not bother me. Two, go watch some tape of Eric Dickerson and Eddie George. My friends, Eric Dickerson, well, it, I will argue he was the top, the best runner, pure runner. Now we can talk pass blocking, pass catching. He wasn't good at that. He wouldn't block <laughs> and he wasn't a pass catcher. But pure runner Eric Dickerson was as good as anyone I saw. And you know what? He ran up like a lamp pole. He ran <laughs> straight up in the air. And Eddie George, the Heisman winner from Ohio State, he ran upright. He took big hits. I've seen enough upright runners. Swags, you can run the football in many different styles. I've seen Barry Sanders, Walter Payton, Emmett Smith, Eric Dickerson. You can run and be successful. There is no perfect style. So, so I don't care about the upright. Somewhere front. in between Latavius Murray and Eric Dickerson. Yeah, yes. And you know what my comp was today? I actually, This is an inside look. I had texted Swag, sent him a DM. I posted this on Twitter. When I was watching him again, I had images of DeMarco Murray flash through my mind. He reminded me so much. Now, DeMarco might not have been as upright of a runner, but DeMarco Murray ran upright, and you're telling me right now, if I could have the three-peak years that DeMarco Murray had with Dallas and the Titans, I'll take that right now. 
for Zach Charbonnet. So that's where I got him in the bucket. Now, if you're looking for Wiggle and Juju, he ain't got it, okay? We're not talking about someone he's got very good feet, but he doesn't have a lot of wiggle. I know it seems paradoxical, but he's got better feet, but he's not that LaShawn McCoy. You know, he's he's not that Ladanian Tomlinson guy. He's but he's got the good feet in traffic. And that's I don't massive. know if people like understand how shifty McCoy was at times. Oh my god, though. McCoy. Dude, McCoy was one of the best shifty runners. Yeah. He was beautiful. He, he was beautiful. And if you're looking for that with Zach Charbonnet, you're not going to get it. If you're looking for a lot of breakaway tackles, you're not going to get a ton. He's not a zone runner. Swags, landing spot's going to matter with this young man. He is a gap runner. Gap runner. You know what you do, Swags. You can put him in the one-back offense. And that might be part of the reason Michigan didn't use him. Michigan uses a fullback. And they they like a lot of tight formations. And Blake Corum was very good in those tight formations. And that's a unique skill set. Zach Charbonnet is a different type of runner. I think he's better in a one-back offense, in 11 personnel, right, for receiver set. Why do I say that? As defensive backs are getting faster and they're playing nickel and dime against three and four receiver sets, the NFL is turning to these big backs, Swag. You get them on the edge against corners or nickels or against a smaller linebacker, and you can do one of two things. You can jump cut them or avoid the tackle or Swag's. You do as Charbonnet does. You just power through him. So the NFL is going to like this young. If they're watching the same thing I do, someone's going to look at a gap runner with size, and they're going to say, I don't need the juju. I need this guy to run outside my left tackle, take down the free safety or the slot corner, and just run up the field. So so landing spot's going to be so important to this young man. Because if you're telling me you're getting them into a zone blocking scheme, like or even a scheme like Greg Roman, where you have to be like J.K. Dobbins, but even though he's been injured, or Frank Gore and Greg Roman. Frank Gore was like Blake Corm, and better than Blake Corm. I, I mean, he's not Frank Gore, but he was so good in tight spaces. Frank Gore was exceptional in tight spaces. If you're asking that for Zach Charbonnet. You're asking for the wrong player. But if you're designing an offense where you get Charbonnet on the outside, my brother, woo, watch him go. Yeah. So you I'm know? trying to think of a team like to find the team with the need and that can utilize his skill set. And, and like you said, maybe that one running back that's getting the workload. Well, you know what tough. I like about A team so- that keeps coming to mind is Miami. Oh, my, he would be perfect because I, I think, I think, um, oh, who's the coach? I can't remember his name. Um, McDaniels? No, it's not yeah. McDaniels. Oh, okay. That's McDaniel, think, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think McDaniels is smart enough to design a run game around Charbonnet. I think he'd have to tweak a little bit. And <clears throat> Let's look at what happened to Miami. They need a big why running they, back. Why did they all get hurt? They couldn't take the punishment. Raheem yep. Mostert. Um, who are the other two backs they had this year? Um, not Salvin Ahmed. He just played at the end. Oh, Miles Gaskin 
And who was yep. the other one that he had? They need a running back that takes attention off of other players as well, though, and like strikes yeah. a little bit of fear into the defenses, like some make them want to stop Zach Charbonnet if it's him, you know, like they need swags. You a, put, a player. You put Tyreek Hill and Jaden Waddle on the wide side of the field, you run them in deep patterns. And then you sneak Charbonnet out in the flat or run him into the flat underneath that. There's not a lot of teams are going to be able to handle that. Yeah. You have to deal with Waddle and Hill on every play. Charbonnet, but now I do think McDaniels would have to tweak it a little bit, but I will say this. I think he's smart enough and a good enough run game coordinator. I think he could tweak that run game a little bit. And when he's going to run gap, between the, you see, so Charbonnet is good at gap between the tackles, but you got to simplify his read. You're going to the three hole, hit it. You're not looking for Juju. You're not looking to read off the guard, yeah. hit the hole. Just, and if he tweaks that offense just a little bit and uses Charbonnet in that way, and he could take the punishment. And Did that's you the, have any ideas for landing spots, or what were you thinking? Well, so the, so I got to be honest, Swag. I know there's some changes in offense coordinators at this time, and I haven't looked at all of the different. I do have the Dolphins identified as a team with a running back need, right? So that mm-hmm. I completely agree with. I think the – well, now you got Cam Akers. I would have thought Rams about a month ago. Who knows? You know, but there are, but those are the teams that the Dolphins are number one because we saw them for the playoffs. They desperately need a running back. There's no question about that. So mm-hmm. I think he would be a nice landing spot here. And let me tell you what he does great that I think is going to make a big difference in here. He's a good pass catcher, my friend. He snatches the ball with the hands. He doesn't let it bounce off him. He's not an uber route runner. He's not going to be Rashad White. He's not going to be Najee Harris catching the ball down the field, running amazing wheel routes. But you know what? Screen passes, dump offs, and balls into the flat. He catches the ball cleanly with his hands, doesn't bounce off of them. And you know what I love about him? He turns up field immediately, dude. He's quick. There's no wasted motion. Sometimes, you know, you see these running backs, and they get the ball in the open field, and there's like this half a second pause. Ain't no pause, man. He gets the ball in his hand and he turns it up. And when you're 220 and you're in the open field, there's going to be some defensive backs make a business decision and they don't want to hit you so hard out there. So, and what I love about him, his screen pass ability, dude. I think the two best screen pass coordinators are Andy Reid of the Chiefs and Chip Kelly at UCLA. They design beautiful screenplays. They know when to call it, my friend. You've got to design and you've got to utilize this young man in the screen game because he is so dangerous. If you do a little misdirection, put Waddle in motion, get him on hillside of the field, you get the safeties and linebackers moving to one side, you throw a screen pass to the other side with Charbonnet, dude, it's going to be a danger. That's, that's why he's so good with the Chiefs. You've got those wide receivers burning down the field. Patrick Mahomes can throw the ball anywhere. Travis Kelsey's eating up your linebackers and safeties and then re-throws the screen underneath, right? Charbonnet can do that. So I like him. Again, gap runner. He presses the line of scrimmage. He blasts through the hole. One of the things, if you watch Michigan, I love Michigan's run game, and I love Greg Roman's run game. 
And I don't think people actually understand how complex the running games are by Greg Roman and Harbaugh at Michigan. Watch the guards, watch the tackles. And if you're a running back, you have to read the multiple different levels of blocks. And then they have a fullback in there. That is not an easy thing to do, my friend. It takes a special back to understand that the off guard is pulling. You got to wham by the tight end and you got to follow the fullback through a tight hole. That's not an easy thing to do. And I think part of his problem at Michigan, I don't think he was good at that. Blake Corum is a star at it. He is. And so is Hassan Haskins. They were very good. And and if you want to watch tape, watch Frank Gore, Greg Roman when he was at San Francisco. You just see him through the smallest of holes following his guards and his pullback. That's not Charbonnet. But can he press? Yes. He blasts through the hole and he hits top speed right away. Oh, one other, one other concern why the combine or pro day will matter. I don't know what his top end speed is. Mm. You know, I, I'd like to see it now at 220. I'll tell you this swags. If he goes out and runs a 444, which I think is in the realm of outcomes. Hmm. <laughs> the NFL is going to take a 220 guy who runs a 444. Just, yeah. You're just not going to. Now, if Definitely. he runs a 4849, still, and, there's and still going to. Then everything know? changes. Like, even like you mentioned Twitter earlier and how they might be a little bit lower on him. And But if he runs a 444 at that size and you ah. see that shift, I mean, the world's going to go. Crazy. It is, it's going to, Twitter will burn. But the, nonetheless, yeah. I still want to stay with where we are yeah. today before the combine. And you mentioned that you feel like Twitter in general will be a little bit lower on him. But what yeah. do you feel like consensus is on Charbonnet today before the I, NFL I draft? Around, I would say he's between five and seven on most boards. Five among the running um, back right? running backs. Okay, yeah, and yeah, you have two. So yeah, I mean, man, you you have me Dude. wanting to go into my Debbie leagues that I am <laughs> in currently, and just seeing if you can, because then you have you don't need to worry about where you're drafting or anything that happens at the combine, and and trying to acquire him now before any of those nuances take place. Well, I've listened to your show enough. Um, there's no question, Swags, you're always looking to build value. Now's the time to build value. He's underrated, and if he lands in the golden spot, dude, the value that's, just skyrockets. That's why I wanted to have you on for the Rookie <laughs> Fever Player Profiles, because I think you help build value to the show. Oh, that's too kind, but thank How you. How do you think that Charbonnet ranks with last year's Man, it's, it's sort of disappointing and exciting running back class all the, at the same time. We didn't get to see Damian Pearson. We didn't get to see Brees Hall. We did see Walker, obviously. We got surprised by Tyler Algier having his 1,000-yard season. Pacheco about 150 short of that. Um, how do you think he ranks with that class? I'm glad you asked that because I just I have my files open and I have this year's rankings and last year. So I'm looking at last year's. Now, remember, if we were doing Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker, there were different opinions. I was very high on Brees Hall always. But remember, he ran the 439, dude. Then he solidified that. To me, he went from my number one to like one of the best in the decade that I've been analyzing this. Because when you got Brees Hall at his body size, he was 217, and he ran a 439. And look, he was going to have 1,100 yards with the Jets. 
I mean, yeah. he he was having a tremendous. He killed my dynasty. I'm so mad, dude. Don't I shouldn't even talk about getting me mad. My blood boiling. I had so much Brees Hall this season. I was so happy when he had that touchdown against Denver. And like the next play, he goes out for the year. Like I'm dying. I'm dying. Yeah. But I love I loved him before the four three nine. And then he ran a four three nine, and the world fell in love with him. Kent Walker four three eight. I never saw that coming. Right? No one. I, some of us liked him. I didn't see a four three eight. Then he was my number two. I would have Charbonnet number three, better than Spiller, Robinson, White, Book, Zamir White, all those guys. Damian Pierce. He's better than all of them. I would have put probably Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker ahead of him. But if he goes runs a four four at two twenty. We're going to have a different discussion. Yeah, especially going into the NFL draft. Oh, dude, size and speed. They love it in the NFL, dudes. Yeah. John, who are you hanging it on? Who's your guy this year for the 2022-2023 class? NFL draft? Yeah. Who's your guy? It's Charbonnet. That's I why love I came it. On with you. That's why I came on with you. What a way to Everyone- kick it off, right? Yeah, and a look behind the curtain. Swags asked me who I wanted to do. He gave me a list of the players taken. And I'm like, I got to do my guy this year. Because last year I didn't do – I love I love the guys I did. Don't get me wrong. But I didn't do my guy. I should have done Brees Hall. Love it. But I think someone had taken him before I had the chance last year. So I said, I'm doing my guy, and it is Zach Charbonnet, and that's why I'm here, brother. What about a guy you do not want to touch? Ooh, I'm going to be off of Zach Evans of Mississippi. I will let everyone else get him. I've seen him in the top 10 dynasty, baby. Mistake. I'm going Charbonnet. I'm willing to hang my hat on it. I'm not afraid to stay. I'm not following the crowd. I think Zach Evans, I have him at number 10. I've seen him as high as three in rankings, brother. Love it. And I love the don't follow the crowd. I think oh, we'll just I end mean, on that note and just kind of remind people that they should add value rather than follow value and create their own. Absolutely. Create value. Friend. Create value. Don't let value create you. Absolutely, my friend. It's a way to put it. He is. Should we sing our way out of here? I. You don't want to hear me sing, brother. <laughs> he is GridironSkull91 on Twitter. I'm at Swagzilla Zero G. This is a rookie fever player profile. John, anything else you want to add as we head out of this one? And uh man, I appreciate you as always, man. Thanks a ton. Oh, I just appreciate you for offering me to come on. It's always a pleasure with you, Swags. I, I we were talking before the show. I think this is my fourth year working with you on the rookie fever profiles. I've known you yeah. for a long time now. And I Man, you've came on fantasy football breakdown when it was around yes. super flexible, like yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I want to say it was a pleasure meeting you out for the second year row in the Fantasy Football Expo. Can't we sat down at we broke some bread at breakfast. We had a great conversation. Hope uh, to man, see you again. Going I to the can't Expo tell you, man. Year. Like I had a big conversation last week with Skip Newton yeah. about my interactions with you and just kind of like how awesome it was, how awesome you are. Um, and just the person you are in, in life and in social media, just, um, it's the real deal. And, uh, so that meant a lot to me as well, John. I mean, truly, truly appreciate you. Thank you. Appreciate you too, my man. We are Rookie Fever and we are out.